Just so you know, everything you're about to hear is a lie. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to episode two of the Elsewhere Video Game Podcast. Elsewhere is a uh, software company. We we do, uh, you know, apps and games on phones and stuff. Uh, last episode, we announced our crowdfunding campaign for our first ever console game. Uh, and uh, that's what we do. We also, you know, on top of uh, making games, uh, we love games. And uh, on this the second episode of our little video game uh, book club. We're covering Doom 2, one of my personal favorites. Uh, I got to be honest with you folks, I'm feeling a little under the weather today. But, uh, uh, you know, I know I know you all uh, powered through Doom 2 so you could talk about it with us. Uh, uh, so, yeah, we're going to get right to our interview with Mr. Clark Gibble, a uh, voice actor, uh, mostly doing uh, reaction sound effects, effort sound effects in, uh, in, in games. And he worked on Doom 2. I'm so excited to hear what he has to say about that. So, uh, yeah, I uh, hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, I'm here with our guest, Mr. Clark Gibble. Hey, thanks for having me, Griff. Yeah, thanks for being on the show, Clark. Uh, we are uh, here to talk about Doom 2. Ah. A classic, a personal favorite of mine. Uh, and I believe you have some history yeah, with this game. I do. If we could take you back to 1994, a young Clark Gibble trying to make his way through the voiceover industry found out that he had... One skill that was actually marketable, and that was effort noises. Right, right. Like, so just the noises that people make when they're trying to do a thing. Yeah, it's anytime any effort is put forth, usually there's like dialogue that you record. Uh, like, what's a line of dialogue? Oh, gee, my banana. Yeah. Oh, gee, my banana. And then they'll like, do it again. Oh, gee, my banana. And then they're like, now act like you're picking up the banana. And so you're like, oh, gee, my banana. <laughs> Right. You know, reaching down. Now, would you record the whole line of dialogue or just the effort? Well, um, interesting story. I went in for an animated feature, and this was for a studio that everybody knows and loves. I'm not going to say what it was or who was doing it. But I went in to record a bit of dialogue, and I had a cold that day. And right as they started rolling to clear out my throat, I went like that. And then they're like, are you okay? You have a cold? And I was like, yeah, um... Sorry. And they're like, that's fine. We don't need to hear the dialogue. I became known as uh, the Hoink Boy. Yeah. Hoink? That's uh, my specialty. <laughs> you're, be you're being so modest, though. But being here in person, yeah. I have to say, like, I'm floored. Like, oh. you, know, you hear these sort of, like, atmospheric kind of almost sound effects yeah. in the games and the television shows and, and the uh, movies you enjoy. Mm -hmm. But you can't really appreciate the craft and skill until you're there in person. And this, yeah. if, if I can be frank, like, this beautiful voice comes out of your oh. mouth. Oh, thank you. I mean, I'm very lucky to do it. It's hard to get into, but once you're into it, if people know 
know who you are and you, you know you could be part of that small little club so i'm very lucky to have done it i don't know if it i you know thank you very much for the compliments but of course. uh i think it just comes from like hard work and doing it over and over again eventually you know you can become specialized in something and they're like get me gibble so speaking of getting gibble yeah was doom 2 your like first game role or doom 2 was not my first game role but it was the first one to really hit people uh, the gaming industry didn't know what to do with personal computers and gaming on that at the time consoles were going through a bit of a phase and uh i had done quite a few things didn't hit but then doom 2 came out and it hit big it hit huge i'd get letters from kids being like you know, uh, it's my favorite thing. I can't tear myself away from the computer screen long enough to do my homework. Uh, my parents hate you, but I love you. And thank you so much. And I think, you know, oh, that's sweet. Yeah. And a lot of them are like, how do you get into it? And you try to explain like, it's luck, you know, <laughs> no one wants to hear that. And no one wants to hear that. But yeah, it was the first one to hit hit big. That one, it was a lot of just kind of like, and like, now, I imagine that they only pay you the one time for the one sound effect. They do. I mean, like as you go along, eventually you start to uh, your scale starts to go up, as they say. Do, do you get paid more by how many times someone might hear? Like, because I, I was thinking about this. Like, if it's just one sound effect, but you might hear it like seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred times yeah. in a game, does it ever bother you that you might not get paid more the more times someone hears a sound? Yeah, effect? the more times someone jumps and they hear my. <laughs> yeah. It used to bother me, but, it, you know, it just becomes the reality of the situation. You learn to accept it. You work within those limitations. You try to find more work. Uh, you work on other things within yourself. I mean, you know this. There's there's a thing you become known for, but very rarely do you find a person who is happy in life who is actually working on one thing without working on something that's their passion. Right. And your passion is obviously putting this out here uh, for people to listen to, showing some of your expertise. You have a passion for a lot yeah. of things. Yeah, I've got projects. Yeah. Uh, yeah. we're uh, Right now, we've got a um, a little bit of a fundraising campaign for a game that we're putting out. But, uh, okay. you know, like that's it's the game that you're... Uh, trying to put out oh it's called rocket rabbit it's a game about going super fast through through levels and uh you know like a like a a very a very fast rabbit yeah kind of like is it kind of like it's kind of like um sonic it's kind of like sonic the uh you know it's uh i i I can see that comparison be made but you know we're we're here to talk about doom 2 and i have lots of details about uh, the game some specs i wanted to uh, talk about but first before we get into that i'm curious on top of working on the game, are you a fan? I am actually a huge fan. Yeah. It kind of revolutionized a lot of things about gaming at the time. Uh, to be honest, I didn't play a lot of games before that. You know, I, I own like a Nintendo system. But this was the first one where I was just like, oh, they really went yeah. like crazy with it. Did they you- went as far into it as you could. And at first, I was like, well, how is this going to affect the people playing it? Are, are, you know, are they going to become converted into an occult right. or something? It was hard to know exactly the motivations, even as I was working on it. Did, did you play the first Doom? I played it after the second yeah. one. I, I think the, the second one was a, a big step forward. Did, did it surprise you when they added that second gun? When they added the second gun, I was surprised that they didn't have the second gun in the first one. Right. I didn't realize how that blew up. And in talking to people who are fans, uh, I didn't realize how much of an innovation that was. To have two guns, a person holding two guns, first of all, physically, it's very difficult. Right. Right away, you're getting an example of just how strong, muscular, determined the protagonist it, it, is. It's, it's, cr- it's crazy because, you know, you, you think, okay, I, it, it's a shooter. Yeah. I have a gun. Yeah. It doesn't even occur to you. I could have two. And, and then sure enough, 
Doom 2. Twice the Doom, twice the guns. Yeah. That two-gun technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, mind-blowing at the yeah. time. People really loved it, you know? People were surprised by it. Made everything more intense, more fun. Just more, more, more. Yeah, That's louder. what they were going for. More, louder, louder effort noises. I will say, I went through, like, two bags of lozenges on that session. The session didn't take that long. It was yeah. only like there was only a few hours. So other games might have you fight demons or fight aliens. Mm-hmm. In Doom 2, not quite. These no. are demonically possessed aliens. Yep. Now I'm curious, did you voice just the guy or did you voice some of the aliens and demons as well? I voiced everything there when it comes to effort. Oh, I wow. was the person doing all the effort. So what would be the difference between like having a person giving some effort versus having a demonically possessed alien give some effort? You think about, you know, this is thing as a performer, you have to think about every aspect of it. You think about if it's a human, it's obviously someone who's in taking oxygen into their lungs. They have a certain, you know, humans are made of certain tubes and sounds come out of those tubes a certain way. Uh, with aliens... You know, you have to invent or research or ask what are the tubes inside of an alien and how would they come out? Would it be more of a whistle? Would it be more of a snarl? More of a gurgle? Yeah. That's where the title of my memoir came out, Whistle, Snars, and Gurgles. Oh, by Clark Gibble. The Clark Gibble story. Yeah. Whistles, snorts. Whistles, snarls, and gurgles. The Clark Gibble story. Um Ghostwritten by someone I don't want to talk about right now. There's a little bit of uh, litigation going on, but you can find it on Amazon. That's that. Uh, I, I think I might look into that. Oh, thank you very much. It's not a long. It's like a 50 pager, but there are a lot of pictures, and I think you know a trip down memory lane. Uh, what did you think of the atmospheric storytelling? Like how the story was told through environments? Uh, I thought it was amazing. Are we talking about the visuals of this? Or are we talking about? We, uh, I will say I'll, I'll come at it from another direction. Okay, because this is okay. Look, I'm going to put the spoiler warning here right okay. now. If you don't, if you never played Doom, I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast if you never yeah. played it. You know, but if you never played Doom two, go and play Doom two now. Resume the podcast from here because we're going to get into some heavy spoiler shit. And this is yeah. one of my favorite elements of the game. Did did they tell you who you were actually playing? They didn't. As as far as, as I, so, it was a secret even to you. Was there any? dialogue in that game it feels like oh no no, no. it feels okay, yeah. like there's a whole here's the thing like back that in 1994 game, we yeah that, dialogue, that game yeah. was uh, all effort noises you, um when you play it it feels like it's such an experience there's an internal monologue that goes inside in the player's head mm-hmm. in my head that i felt like there was dialogue going yeah. on you know but and i wasn't hearing my own voice when i inside my internal monologue while playing it it put me in such a state that I felt like there was another person speaking dialogue, but it was just going on inside, yeah. you know? Some of the dialogue might have been something going like, oh, what's, what's over here then, you know? Oh, interesting. What's this, what's this over here, you so, know? Okay, okay so, so uh, for, for context, uh, you know, the, the setting of... Uh, it's very unclear. Yeah. Doom 2's setting, they're very vague about it, but mm-hmm. as you as you pick up contextual clues, you look at the environment, you realize, oh, I'm in a hospital. Yeah. These demonically possessed aliens that I'm fighting, they're actually patients. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm the bad guy. Yeah. And then you turn a corner, you see a mirror. It's a hidden mirror. You, don't even, you can go through the whole game without even seeing this mirror. Mm-hmm. Big reveal is uh, you're actually playing as Dr. Monocle. Dr. Monocle. The main villain from mm-hmm. the first game. That moment when you realize that your identity isn't uh, Dr. D2... D two being the actual classific- the actual like number of the the patient number that that you find, yeah. you know, 
And that this whole time you were Dr. Monocle from the first one, the, the antagonist can become the protagonist because what brings humanity together, no matter who your enemies are, an invasion from, the out, from outside of our world brings us together as an Earth community. And it, it gives you a lot of context. Like we're all just uh, one bad day. That, that's all it takes. You, one day you think that you're Sonic. Yeah. Next day you realize, no, I'm actually the Dr. Robotnik in this story. I don't well, Sonic and Robot. I don't know about that. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, right. Necessarily. Um, uh, but. But you were playing Dr. Monocle in this yeah. game. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious. So what I found interesting specifically about the voice work, somehow, even though there's no actual dialogue in the game, when that reveal came about, I was like, that makes sense. Yeah. Trying to put a heroic face on those specific grunts and gurgles mm-hmm. didn't quite like it didn't quite fit. But then when you see that reveal, you're like, oh, that's why he sounded like that yeah. when he was climbing that ladder. The entire backstory is revealed. Yeah. I mean, it's all subtext. And say we go back to picking up the banana. In my mind, I was like, let's give this guy some sort of stomach cancer that he's not revealed to his family, oh my to God. his friends. And when you go to pick up that banana. You might give it a little extra, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. just a little pause or something. It's all subtextual. And then once later on in the story of the game, if it is revealed or in the animated feature or whatever, um, once it is revealed, it's like, ah, it makes sense. Yeah. It's a more subtle way of someone who uh, starts coughing 10 minutes into the film and you're like, oh, they're going to cough up blood at some point and die. Right, right, right. right. All right. Well, we're going to uh, we're going to take a little bit of an ad break. Okay. And then afterward, we're going to talk more about the craft of acting. We're going to talk more, way more yeah. about uh, about Doom 2. Yeah. And, uh, and I think we should talk a little bit about how you've lost so much weight. You're looking. <laughs> yeah. No, it's. um. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not feeling super well. But, oh, um, yeah. Oh, that's no, that's uh, uh, yeah, full disclosure. I'm going to be completely transparent here. Part of the reason why we're taking the break. Well, right if now you lose any more weight, you will be completely transparent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. That's no. just. Uh, <laughs> I, you're, you're joking, but I there there are veins I'm seeing that I didn't even know I I had. It's, it's really weird. You know, I, I haven't d- been changing my behavior too much, but man, I need some water. I've been drinking water like a. Uh, just thirsty yeah. all day long. My heart re- rate is uh, uh, skyrocketing. Well, I think you, I think I you deserve a break. break. Yeah, yeah, let's get yeah, let's yeah, get yeah. you let's get you some water. Uh, thank you for noticing. By yeah. the way, oh. we need, can we get a doctor in here? Doctor Doctor Monocle. Hey, everybody, uh, just jumping in here to remind you that the Rocket Rabbit funding campaign is still going strong. Uh, we've gotten some of your uh, first uh, pitch in dollars, but uh, every every bit counts and we are far and away uh, from being close to our goal. Uh, so today I'm going to announce our uh, first uh, pledge bonuses that we're announcing. If you give um, $50 or more to the Rocket Rabbit campaign, you get a sticker book uh, made here by the people uh, at uh, the Elsewhere Art Team. Uh, so $50 or more, you get those, uh, that, uh, that, uh, uh, that sticker book and you can help rocket rabbit defeat his arch nemesis, Nick robot PhD. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited, uh, to, to show you guys the game. You know, we're, we're, we're still at the beginning phases now, but, uh, your, your funding dollars can really help us make this thing as kick-ass as uh, we want it to be. Uh, in the next episode, we're going to be, um, 
uh, announcing our stretch goals. But right now, we are not even close to getting the game funded. So please, just anything you can, anything that you can give will help. Go to uh, pitchin.fund slash rocket rabbit if you want to help us make this game. I'm so excited uh, for you and I to uh, uh, collect the power gems and defeat uh, Nick Robot PhD. It's going to be such a cool game. Yeah, so we're going to get back to our interview uh, with Mr. Gibble right now, but uh, I hope to see you on uh, pitchin.fund slash rocketrabbit. Let's make a fucking game, everybody. Okay. Uh, Yeah, sitting down. (laughs) uh, Yeah, we're back. (laughs) We're back and we're up. Yep. Um, so, uh, Doom, uh, Doom 2, great game. It's, uh, yeah. And you're great in it. Maybe, oh, thank you very much. And, uh, you're feeling okay? You're feeling great? Uh, right now? You know, let's not worry about me. Let's talk about you and your, uh, uh, did you work in any other, uh, games? Mm. Well, uh, if you're, all right. I'm sorry. the The question. I'm just a little. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I meant like. Uh. uh yeah. Do you work in any, in any other? Sorry. That's yeah. a weird way to put that. Uh, I, I mean, like, <laughs> like. Uh. Uh. uh oh. Jeez. Uh, sorry. Give me just a sec. Yeah. Just <sighs> anytime. It's it's. And we can. We can stop this if you need to go. No. 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 We, please. Please. Okay. I want to. Uh, uh, look. Uh, b- b- Hopefully people, you know, it's only our second episode. I'm hoping people will play along. I, yeah. I, I hate thinking that someone played through the entire, like, 100-hour runtime of Doom 2 and then wanted to listen to yeah. your perspective on it. And, yeah, but and but, all, but also short. on top of that, you're you're a human. I know you're, you're a fan of Doom 2 and maybe scared of hospitals because of that. <laughs> but just, just so you know, they are good places. We're born there. We die there. Not to say die, but we, you know, it's they're good places. They're not. It was a fantasy realm. And uh, so, yeah, look, um, elephant in the room uh, during the break, I went to go get a cup of water and uh, I, I, it seems I fainted. I woke up in Mr. Gibble's uh, safe, if you don't mind me saying safe arms. Yeah. Uh, I thought uh, you were going to say you, you in my vault. No, no, no. (laughs) I don't have one. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I'm so glad that you were even here to help me. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I I fainted. I, I guess um, I'll, I'll be honest. I haven't been getting much sleep. Uh, I feel so faint, but my heart is like pounding. It, yeah. it won't. It, it's going like. like well, I, I think the good sign is that your heart is still pounding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's good. And you are a, a young person. You're, you're youthful. And, you know, I remember when I reached that age where, you know, it doesn't take a lot of acting to actually make an effort noise anymore because no. now I'm of that age where everything is an effort, effort, you know, yeah. like that. Everything makes my heart pound, you know, <laughs> and the idea of my heart pounding makes my heart pound. I, I, I got to uh, say, you know, for someone who is an actor, you're you have an amazing bedside manner. Oh, thank you. I think that's a uh, I think that's a big part of just life. You have to be empathetic. You have to be kind. You know, otherwise, how are you going to portray all different wonderful and dark aspects of humanity? Yeah, I, I imagine, especially with making effort noises, mm-hmm. you have to be able. I mean, like, you probably never lifted a car, but you have to know how it would sound <laughs> if you tried to lift a car. Yeah, yeah. There's been a few. You know, there's been things like that. Like, I guess if I were to do an effort noise where you had to lift a car, I would probably go out and see exactly how heavy a car is. Not that I would literally push myself to lifting a car, but you know, I'd give it a good a good effort on my own. And then you take that knowledge in with you, you know, a sense memory of what it's like to actually have that two-ton thing in your arms. Like when you lifted me off the floor only moments yeah. ago. Now you well, have I wouldn't that say two-ton. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, you just have to have a knowledge of your own body, its own limitations. Yeah. 
and uh, like I went on I went on like a like a two hour run mm-hmm. last night. Yeah, and, uh, uh, and then I I stopped and I uh, you know I, I I took like a little bit of a break, but then I went on another two hour. Run. You went on four hours? Are yeah. you did <clears throat> so you've been running for a long a lot of your life? Uh, no, no, just the oh. uh, past like week. Oh, jeez, man, that's yeah. that's. <laughs> I will say that seems like a lot to put yourself through for something you've started. I would say maybe little baby steps, you know. Hopefully, the fainting thing is done with. I, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> well, I think that must be like a one-time thing. I would say listen to your body. That's all. That's all mm-hmm. I'll say. As a person who's had to listen to their body, the, you know, literally <laughs> since 1994, my heart's beating so fast I can't <laughs> not listen to my body right now. It's 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 being it's it's being very intrusive. Just some just med- some some breathing, a little bit of meditation, maybe. <sighs> Again, that bedside manner, you know, I, I really feel like, like like this feels very medicinal. I, I, I get the impression. Did you ever actually like do any medical training or anything? Oh, training? No. Research? Yes. Because uh, I mean, to take this back around to um, no. the <laughs> that's what the show is. The thing that launched my career yeah. uh, after the success of Doom 2, it was just a matter of time before Doom 3 came out. And so. I went out and knowing that the, you know, the character was always in a hospital, knowing that the character was around everything. I went and I shadowed a, a doctor over at Cedar sinai here in um, Los Angeles and did about a two-month shadowing process on that. I just wanted to know everything. I wanted to get really in there for any sort of emergency that came through, you know, anything that they had to experience. I really wanted to know what they sounded like yeah. when they were putting forth the effort. And then it came time to record for Doom 3. And when I went into the booth, all the effort noises were going great. We got those out of the way. Right. Then they handed me these sides. That's, that's a script that they give you when they want you to record dialogue. And uh, That's like Hollywood lingo? It, like sides, they call it. Like okay. An insider term, maybe. Um, I'm not quite sure. I've been in, I've been so inside for so long. Inside, I need, I need to step outside every once yeah. in a while. You know, Whew. see what everybody's saying. You me both. Um, yeah. So they handed me these sides after I was done with the effort noises, and it was a bunch of dialogue. And I was like, "This is exciting. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten to do dialogue in some time." You, you had that internal monologue before. Like, yeah, it, it was almost like you'd been playing the character that yeah. whole time. So I was like, "I know this. I am this guy. I've been this guy." And so I started recording, and about ten minutes into it, they stopped it, and they're like, "We." need to have a conversation in here and they're like i think we're good for the day and i was like well you know come back tomorrow and record it got a call from my agent and my agent said they didn't like the cockney accent i was like cockney accent accent." and they were like yeah you were speaking in this cockney voice and it has nothing to do with this american hero and i was like well that's how he's been the whole time you know as i told you the internal monologue that you play when you're playing it naturally in my mind it comes out as this uh, you know yeah how do you expect a guy named dr monocle to sound yeah so they you know i'm i i was bitter at the time that they replaced me with another vocal performer and it seems so cold and heartless but that's just the way the industry is like a lot of times people interpret cold and heartless but in reality they just don't want to bruise your ego those things happen you know that that's just a creative decision um you get invested in what you're doing but ultimately it's not serving the project if it's not serving the project you you know you'll be let go and and there's no hard feelings i've worked with many of the people there on other projects i will say none of them are successful it's doomed too which is probably the 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 most perfect thing I've ever done just in itself. You know? Have you ever thought of parlaying your experience of shadowing uh, the, the, the doctors to play Dr. Monocle into like playing other 
like famous video game doctors? Um, yeah, I have. There's 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 been a few offers. Uh, some of them panned out, but like I said, I got known as the effort noise guy. Right. So I've not done literal dialogue. I don't even know how to ask this question. I just I've been thinking a lot. It's so funny. I'm not even like that big of a of a of a fan of the series, but like yeah. I'm so curious how you would portray Dr. Robotnik from the Sonic the Hedgehog series. Oh, Dr. Robotnik from Sonic. Well, I'm not terribly familiar. I mean, you you're obviously a huge huge fan of Sonic. I'm not. You I'm not. I'm not. Like I'm twice. not. I'm not. Uh, you, you brought it up twice and and it seems like he's inspired you on your journey to to uh, run for <laughs> Yeah, that's hours weird. A day. I, you know, I I connected that dot too and um but that's I don't I don't think I uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to I've also like played all of them now. Yeah, like th- just in the last week. Really? Yeah, because uh, we played the first one for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, only because it was the 30th anniversary of the series, yeah. and and then I um of the first game of the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had we had uh, so instead of just focusing on the first 30 year anniversary game, you went through all of them. All of them. And the last one came out like what a couple weeks ago? Yeah, like, you, you're like yeah, it's, it came the, out, it's the uh, two week yeah. anniversary of. Sonic 18 or whatever yeah, they call it. Yeah, it was called uh, Sonic Syndrome. And I actually had uh, my first guest mm-hmm. was one of the developers on that game. Oh, really? Yeah, that was nice. Uh, and we had... I'd, like, I'd uh, love to uh, to get his contact information, actually. Yeah. I would oh. love to be involved. I, and I think that I'd like to get you in touch with him. Yeah. Because maybe you could play the new... Robotnik. Uh, Robotnik. Um, yeah. That that would be that would be uh, I you know one opportunity of many opportunities of a lifetime. That's but really my exciting. my first question to you would be just before even meeting him: Is Doctor Robotnik a medical doctor or a doctor of philosophy? Uh, I you know he's a, a doctor of <clears throat> uh, ro- robots of robots. I think a, yeah, a, he's robot, a robot doctor. doctor. Oh, like a, like a mechanic. He's like a or a, um, uh, somebody who builds cars this <laughs> car robots like, seri- like seriously i feel like my heart's gonna beat out of my chest this is oh. this is I, like i don't want you to take this the wrong way like there's nothing sexual about this but this is like making me like really excited well, okay and i think i need to look into that yeah. so before we go do you have anything that you, that you want to pitch or plug um like i said just uh like uh buy my book gurgles by gibble um be be out there be listening i just may be popping up in a game Featuring a certain doctor who may be another doctor oh. in a twist that no one will see coming. All I'll say is that maybe everyone is doomed. Oh, oh, that's exciting. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe uh, uh, just by request, just one request. For oh, you want me to do the... Just uh, like one. Yeah, okay. if you don't mind. <laughs> oh. For those Classic. of you, for those of you who really don't know, I did do the opening effort noise to the uh, the theme song for Tailspin. So go back and play that. You'll hear. It was a pleasure, man. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and let's uh, let's try to take care of whatever's going on. Let's give. Let's uh, look out for yourself. Look out for others. Treat everyone kindly and put a little effort into it. That's as fine. That's as good a sign off as any. Uh, so until next time, I'll see you elsewhere, everybody. I, oh yeah, uh, and our next game is going to be Bomberman '64. So start playing that today. The 
Elsewhere podcast was created by MC Griffin, edited by Alicia Mason, and produced by Jason Kyle Hammonds. Griff was played by MC Griffin. Clark Gibble was played by Davy Johnson. Music by Max Repka. Episode art by Colin Greenhalge and Alex Salier. You can see episode art and information on elsewhereshows.com. E-L-S-E-W-A-R-E shows.com. It's October 5th, 2.57 a.m. I've just woken up from uh, a dream. Uh, I was in Eddie's house again, upstairs in that same room, and I could hear that they were singing Happy Birthday down below, and I had this immense feeling that I was late for the party. So I ran downstairs, I run into the kitchen, open the door, and it's not Eddie. It's not Eddie's birthday. It's the skunk. And they're bringing out a cake... And there's more candles than I can even think to count. And we all sit down and they blow out the candles. And we cut the cake. And we eat cake. Um, And they open their presents. And um, I think there was a pinata. And then everyone went home. And it was a normal birthday party. And I didn't realize that my best friend from childhood who I hadn't, that it was a dream, that it was a dream and there was no way for me to tell. Even though the light switches didn't work, even though I should have known, I should have been able to say the things that I wanted to say and do the things that I wanted to do and I couldn't. Because I didn't know it was a dream. That might be cool.com. You never know.